0: Green is good, red is bad. My followers get $20 off their first ticket purchase using my code, InjuredListPod. Click on the link in the show notes and browse for your favorite events. Your next big night ever is waiting and
1: they have the tickets.
0: Tune in and listen to
1: the Injured List Podcast.
0: Proud new member of Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Hosted by me, Brian Scott. I'm a licensed full-time physician assistant in orthopedic surgery and sports medicine. I break down the latest in injury news regarding your favorite professional athletes each week throughout the year. I have all your major sports covered from the NFL, MLB, NHL, MLS, and MMA. There is not a sport or an injury that I will not cover. Get the most up-to-date info in easy-to-understand non-medical language so you can make the better decisions when placing your bets or setting your fantasy lineups each week. Check out my website at TheInjuredList.com where you can message me ideas for topics or questions and listen to previous episodes where I interview former athletes and healthcare professionals to talk about their experiences with sports injuries. Hey, what's up? This is Brian Scott, host of the Injured List podcast. Thank you for joining us. Now, I'd like to tell you a little story about how this guy's life got flipped, turned upside down. So I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there. I'm going to tell you how the Prince of Bel-Air got upset about a joke about hair. No, I'm just kidding. Listen, that whole thing... Uh, I don't want to talk about it. I'll just say this. Kudos to Chris Rock for taking the manly approach and one up in Will Smith and not firing back. God only knows what some of us would have did in that situation. <clears throat> but I'm not even going to go there. I mean, let's face it. Couldn't have been more disrespectful what he did over a very lame ass joke. So, hey, you know, I, I don't know. Everybody reacts differently. Not not sure I would have reacted the same way. Um Jada Pinkett is toxic, and if you don't think that men can be in an abusive relationship with females, let this serve as a prime example of how certain females can be very manipulative psychologically, and Will Smith needs to get himself in a better place, and hopefully he gets the help he needs, because that man is not right. He's got some very deep psychiatric issues going on right now, and you can probably blame Jada for most, if not all of it, so I will leave it at that. Now, moving right along, the topic of today's podcast is really just to do a couple of injury updates, but I also got to really go off on a tangent here about these NFL Pro Days, which make absolutely no sense to me. Now, I've spoken in the past about the combine and the purpose of the combine. It really was to assess for injury uh, statuses of these players coming out of college so that when these teams are looking to draft them and make big investments in them, they know that they're getting a a healthy athlete in the prime of their career, in great shape, with no lingering, possibly long-term physical effects from the college and high school days of playing ball. So that was the primary purpose all along. As the combine started getting more popular, started being televised, and they started looking at all these different drills that they could do, started measuring their 40 times and all this other garbage. And then somehow that all got extrapolated to basically be the defining moment of the combine, which it really isn't behind the scenes, what you don't see or hear about much is still the fact that it's a big opportunity for these organizations to get their hands on these players, examine them, review x-rays, MRIs, uh, previous injury histories, uh, see if they've had surgery before, they can review the surgical procedures they've had done and thus examine the patients and see the outcomes of those surgical procedures. If there's anything Uh, physically that they see with these guys that worries them as far as uh, some old injuries that may not have healed and things like that. This is what gives them the opportunity to do that. It's a big thing in the medical field, uh, orthopedics and sports medicine, especially. It allows uh, the physicians from all across the country to get together and uh, basically do case reports and present studies and current literature. So they treat it very seriously. It gets treated almost like a medical conference in a way. Somewhere along the line in the last few years, they then started hyping up these pro days, um, which is fine. I I don't think pro days should go away completely. But the fact that it's garnering so much media attention and it's being televised and all these organizations are sending like multiple representatives to go watch a guy who's been predicted to go in the top round or the top 10 picks... And sending a a slew of personnel to go watch this player do basic, basic football skills and then use that as a determination to whether or not they're going to select that player number five or number 10 is just utterly absurd. I mean, the biggest example of this more recently is David Ojabu, who's the defensive end out of Michigan. He was projected to be a very high draft pick, possibly in the top 10, one of the best end rushers in the draft apparently, according to Game Film, according to all the scouts. And then, for whatever reason, the combine wasn't enough. And the poor guy went and did his pro day. And boom, he blows out his Achilles tendon. So he's out. He's going to be out for nine months minimum after surgery. And I haven't gotten any updates, but it sounds like that was confirmed that he did rupture his Achilles. So that's one potential negative side effect of these pro days. Because what I gather from all this is that he probably never had enough downtime to let his body rest and recover from the season. Probably was preparing and training for these stupid combine drills and pro day drills when he should have been resting. And as a result, he probably had some lingering inflammation or irritation to that tendon, which by doing these drills in the offseason, now it was like, you know what, I'm throwing in the towel. And boom, his Achilles tendon ruptures. And that's typically what you'll see. He might have been having some issues with this during the season, but was able to play through it, thought nothing of it. Instead of resting, he starts doing all these other things now to prepare for these dumb pro days. For what reason, I don't know. It, as if his game film wasn't enough and the statistics weren't enough. And and this is what happens. Now his draft stock is probably going to fall. This you, know, you have to worry of, or feel bad for this guy. Is there any health insurance for these players when things like this happen? I, I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question, though. You know, if he has an agent, uh, does he have an insurance policy that if something were to happen before he gets signed as a professional that he'll be taken care of if his career would end suddenly uh, for a career ending injury? Now, the Achilles injury is not a career ending I- injury, but it certainly is a significant one, especially when you're talking about football. Uh, all the pushing off and explosive movements you have to do. He'll, his Achilles will never be exactly the same. I'm sure he'll be pretty darn close it, compared to if it was you or I. Another uh, example of this is Kayvon Thibodeau, who's a pretty stud uh, end rusher also, I think, from uh, Oregon. And this dude has been talked about possibly being the number one overall draft pick in some circles, maybe even number f- as low as number five. He was on the Giants' radar. He's been on a bunch of teams' radar. He's got a slew of highlight reel plays. And and I'm sure, you know, we see the highlights, but I'm sure that these organizations are looking at every single play, not only to see the highlights, but also to see the lowlights. Maybe the mistakes he's made on certain plays, maybe lining up in the wrong position, covering the wrong guy, when out in coverage. I mean, I'm sure that they're going through this video and these game films with a fine tooth comb and saying, hey, look, Look at the mistake he made there. Look at that mistake he made. We only see the highlights because that's what the media shows us as fans. That's what we want to see, right? Like we want to see the cool plays. We want to see the awesome tackles for losses. You know, we want to see that stuff. But I can guarantee you that the organizations, the scouts are looking at the bad stuff too. So if you can't get enough information from the game film that you have to send like 15 representatives to go watch him, on a pro day, after he's already done stuff at the combine, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. It makes no sense to me. And if I was these guys, I'd say I ain't doing this, this pro day garbage. You want, you want, a, you got enough of my resume just by watching me on the field every Saturday or Sunday or whatever. You don't need this me running around doing drills that junior high and high school students can probably do as fast or. As explosive as some of these professionals. I mean, give me a break. Like the shuttle run, like I think I did that in seventh grade when I was trying to win the National Physical Fitness Honor Award. Shuttle run, what was the other one? Sit ups and push ups. I mean, what's the point? Does that really translate into success as an NFL player? In fact, there have been some studies done that have looked at that. And the statistics are underwhelming. I think the only actual statistical data coming out of the combine that had any correlation to success in the NFL was the 40 yard time. And it was only at certain positions. I think it was like running back and receiver, the skilled positions. Those are the guys you want to be fast. Anyway, cornerback, I think might've been in that category too. They didn't look at linemen. There was nothing with kickers or punters, you know, all that stuff. I mean, there was just skilled position, running backs, receivers, cornerbacks, I think quarterbacks were in there too, but whatever. So it, it just really, um, it's just really a frustrating for me uh, doing what I do and seeing the potential risks of injury as as in David Ajabo's case. And then seeing a guy like Kayvon Stibido who's got amazing game film. That dude is like, well-spoken young man. I watched an interview with him recently. and it, it sounds like he's got all the qualities you would want in a lottery pick or a top 10 draft pick in the NFL. He's got, extensive game film highlight real stuff and yet teams are still undecided and only after a pro day can they then make their decision that to me just boggles my mind and i don't really understand it and i don't know why the nfl is pushing these pro days so much i mean so much so that like i'm surfing through the channels on the on tv and i see like pro day after pro day after pro day on like the nfl network and stuff like it's just crazy and then i just saw highlight films of Colin Kaepernick participating in like a pro day for him with the university of Michigan. And it's like, is that really going to tell me whether he's ready to come back and play in the NFL? If he's not wearing pads, not having linemen coming after him and throwing a bomb 50, 60 yards down the field to a guy who's not even covered. Like, what does that tell me? You know, and he's been out of the league for how many years now? I mean, the only way to really know is, Throw him in a preseason game for crying out loud. Let's see what he does then. What is the pro day going to tell you? It doesn't tell you anything. I just don't get it. Now, who do I think the pro day is good for? I think it's good for those guys that may not have otherwise had a chance at getting picked up in the NFL draft or that probably aren't going to get drafted anyway, but maybe kind of under the radar as far as guys you might want to pick up in free agency, maybe. If you're looking to fill a position for a player who's injured or maybe you've got some budget constraints and you want to fill the positions with guys that, uh, you know, are not going to command a lot of money or, you know, to get fill up your practice squad. I mean, there's been some great talent that's come out of the combine and pro days when you're looking for somebody like that. And you never know, you might get lucky every once in a while and find the, a diamond in the rough. Uh, Victor Cruz is probably one example of that. I mean, he came out of UMass. I don't think anybody knew anything about him. He might have shown shown up in the pro day for somebody else or might not have even been on anyone's radar until then. I mean, who knows, right? So I think for guys like that, the pro day is very, very helpful. But when you look at like guys like Zibido and Ojabu, and the quarterback there out of um, uh, Willis. I don't see what it does for them. In fact, I think it actually probably hurts them more than it helps. You're you're the pro day is is good. I think it should be there. I don't think it needs to be hyped up as I don't want to watch a guy running routes, basically practicing. I mean, what is boring? First of all, it's boring as heck to watch at the fan. If I wanted to do that, I'd go down to the local high school field and watch the high school teams practice throughout the week and see it there. It tells me nothing about how they're going to translate onto the field to play on a Sunday. On any given Sunday, I use that. I mean, it just it doesn't make sense. <clears throat> but I do think that it has some validity to it. I think that you can definitely find these guys who are probably under the radar that may not have a lot of film that, you know, might be able to show you some of their athletic traits that you may say, look, you know, this guy is here at this pro day as a receiver, but he's got some, some skill and some intangibles that might translate better as a cornerback or as a linebacker or as a defensive end. I think, If you're looking for somebody who can be flexible and change their game or adapt, and you're looking to fill a need and you're looking to do it on a budget, then the pro day is a good way to, to get a feel for somebody that you might not have a lot of game film on, that maybe was under the radar. You didn't know much about a chance to meet them, speak with them. I think for that, it serves a good purpose, but to have these guys that are like potential top 10 picks doing all this garbage after the combine makes no sense makes no sense at all <clears throat> and so i have to question the nfl's reason for hyping it all up uh, obviously it's just another money grab on their part to provide some content in the off season on tv but i i don't want the fans to fall for it. it it means absolutely nothing when it comes to performance on the field on on game day and if you truly believe that these, these teams are using the pro day to to base their final decision about when to take a guy in the draft, well then somebody's lying because there's no possible way that they would wait till that that they would be so much on the fence for these guys that are so highly touted that they would have to send multiple representatives to a pro day in order to make that decision or come to the final decision. I mean I could see if maybe they were like, struggling between one player and another but does the pro day really <laughs> nail it down for you watching one guy do thr- drills and uh, another guy do drills i mean they are different positions and what the heck there's no comparison i mean you can't even compare I, I i just i find it a bunch of bogus information so um tread cautiously if you're putting much stock in the the pro days and the combine when it comes to performance on the field and success in the NFL and organizational draft decisions. Um, In other news, Antonio Brown was quoted as saying that he's not going to have ankle surgery for this ankle that's been ailing him for the last year or two, maybe longer until he gets signed by a team. And I had tweeted out about this a few days ago or last week. And that, you know, that actually makes pretty darn good sense to me. I mean, as a guy that has had some issues off the field and has not been on the field much the last year or two, and is kind of getting toward the tail end of his career until he gets something guaranteed. He doesn't want to go under the knife. I can't say I blame him for that. I mean, No surgery is 100% guaranteed, but there's always an element of risk with the surgery as far as complications go. I mean, blood clots after surgery are real, especially in people their age and people who are still very physically fit like them. I've seen it. I've seen it firsthand. I've just had a patient a week and a half ago, young guy with a toe fracture who ended up With a a deep vein thrombosis, which is basically a blood clot in the deep veins of the lower leg, like weeks after his injury. And these things are real and they can happen. So nothing is without risk. You know, there's complications related to infections that can occur after the surgery. I think Tom Brady had an issue with an infection in his knee after he had his ACL done years ago. And that put him on the sideline for a while. And, you know, was real scary, I'm sure, for him because that could have been a really career threatening type of issue or complication after surgery. So these things do happen and it's not a light decision to just go and, you know, people think all the their athletes, they have access to all the top healthcare professionals and da 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 And Oh, what's up? Just get surgery and you'll be fine. It doesn't always work like that. No matter who you are, you know, there's certain, certain things that these surgeons can do and, and they've done some wondrous things with technology and technique, but you can't, alter physiology you just can't and some of those things are out of your control out of control of the patient or athlete and sometimes you're you're faced with the situation where a, a complication develops and sometimes it can be very serious you know the, the surgeries themselves are not always guaranteed to work there's there's sometimes problems with healing tissue Sometimes the devices that we use to anchor some of these reconstructions, like the ligament reconstruction, sometimes these devices fail. Sometimes the implants fail. Sometimes the hardware fails. Sometimes the physiology just doesn't work, right? Sometimes people just don't heal for whatever reason. Sometimes they don't take to the surgery. They don't do, their body physiologically doesn't do what it's supposed to do. And you end up in the same situation you were before the procedure. All these things can happen. So I don't blame Antonio Brown for taking that stance. In fact, maybe that's what more of these guys should do in certain situations. And I think based on where he is at in his career and where he is at in his personal life, maybe this is probably the best thing for him right now. You know? So I don't think that's unheard. And I don't think that's unreasonable. And a team shouldn't shy away from him just for that. Now, the problem becomes timing. The longer you sit around waiting for something to happen and not taking care of yourself or getting yourself in the best shape possible because you're limited by an injury that can be helped with surgery, well, then that's an, that's another issue. And that potentially can pose a problem. There are some surgeries, especially in the ankle and the foot, that are very, very good, have a great track record, have a very high rate of success with very good outcomes. And if, if this is the surgery that they're recommending for him and he's just holding off, waiting to get it done because he wants a signed deal, that doesn't help his case because it just pushes his time frame to return from this surgery back. And so when a team comes in and says, well, you could have had this procedure done months ago. Why am I going to sign you now? And you're not going to be back until months from now. When you could have been back two or three months, now we're going to have to wait nine. You know, that's a huge amount of time. And so he could be hurting himself in that regard. And some teams might look down upon that. And that, you know, that becomes... Um, the challenging part of working in the field of sports medicine is, as a provider, as an athletic trainer, working with these athletes. Working with at that level, you got to work with the agents, you got to work with the front office. You got there's just a lot of people who have a say. Unfortunately, uh, obviously, it ultimately comes down to the athlete. But there's a lot of birds chirping in your ear throughout this process and trying to sway you one way or the other. So it becomes a lot more challenging. Than how we treat people in the general population and how decisions are made. So we're going to take a quick break and then we come back. We'll do a little bit of uh, injury updates on some baseball players and we'll go from there. You're listening to the injury lift podcast. I'm your host, Brian Scott.
1: injured list podcast thank you for tuning in are you interested in being a guest on the show or do you know someone who would make a good guest want brian scott to be on your show if so share the podcast with your friends or drop us a line and we will get back to you right away email us at the injured list 411 at gmail.com or visit our website at www.TheInjuredList.com.
0: Special shout out to today's episode to SeatGeek. We recently partnered with them to become a brand ambassador. What does that mean? Well, for you, it means you get a special discount when you make your first ticket purchase with SeatGeek. With my code, InjuredListPod, you will get $20 off your first purchase with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is a ticket purchasing app that takes all the confusion out of buying tickets to your favorite sports, concert events, and more. They score each ticket on a scale of 1 to 10 to help you know if you're getting a good deal. Green is good, red is bad. My followers get $20 off their first ticket purchase using my code, InjuredListPod. Click on the link in the show notes and browse for your favorite events. Your next big night ever is waiting, and they have the tickets. It's that time again, people, the Throckmorton Sign Injury of the Week. And as usual, our injury did not happen on the field of play between the lines or on the pitch, nor did it happen on the court. No, this one happened in the confines of Adam Eaton's house. The former San Diego Padres pitcher accidentally stabbed himself in the stomach back in 2001. How, you ask? Well, he was trying to open a package of of DVDs which are these little CD discs that we used to pop into players to watch movies and stuff, for those of you who might not know. He didn't follow the mantra, cut away from yourself. Quote, it was a boneheaded play, end quote, said Ad Meaton. At the time of the injury, he was their best starting pitcher, having six wins on the season thus far. As a precautionary measure, he was held out of his next start. Brings new meaning to the adage, go with your gut. All right, everybody, we're back. Thank you for staying with us here. Now, one thing I didn't mention before. So I went off on the pro dates, I understand. Not a big fan. What I'd rather see, and hear me out on this, there is a bunch of players that are coming off injuries from last year in some pretty important positions on some pretty important teams who people are looking at to go very far into the playoffs who have not really had a chance to prove themselves. Or maybe had been doing exceptionally well and got cut down. So you look at Sutton, Cortland Sutton receiver in Denver. Now you got Wilson there, right? You just signed some other players to compliment them. Apparently now people are saying that they may have one of the best wide receiver cores in all football right now. So he's coming off an ACL injury. Um, There's guys out there that are, big question marks about where they're going to be at physically Odell Beckham jr just blew out his ACL there's talk about him trying to sign big contracts and extensions and all this other crazy stuff this is a dude who's coming off his second ACL injury to the same knee in just un- over two years um I'd be shocked if guys are going to make a Decision to do that, but then you're going to have to see guys on a pro day who have who are uninjured and have... It just, the whole thing just really irritates me. And then you got a guy like Travis Etienne, right? Rookie year last year, blows out his foot, has a nasty Liz Frank injury, misses the entire season. I want to know how guys like him are doing. I want to know what they're up to right now. I want to see them do some pro days because I want to be able to evaluate them and see where they're at in their recovery and how they look physically doing stuff i don't need to see the healthy collegiate football player with tremendous game film i don't need to see him out there running around okay i'm done going off about that now there's been um, a couple of injuries in baseball and baseball is always going to have these things pop up in spring training it's a it's a marathon not a sprint so a lot of these things are just treated cautiously now because you don't want it to linger for the remainder of the season but one of the more concerning news Coming out of spring training was Jacob DeGrom, probably arguably the best pitcher in baseball right now. Um, You can easily make that argument statistically. I mean, the guy's just been on fire and been super dominant. Even in spring training this year, he was dominant. Had an MRI of his shoulder because he had some shoulder soreness and it showed a stress reaction in his scapula. Now, that's very vague. But the good news is that the rotator cuff was fine. His labrum was fine. There was no soft tissue injury, which is good. Where on his scapula the stress reaction was, no idea. What does that mean? Well, what it means is that there's been some type of repetitive stress to some area of the shoulder blade, which is important in throwing for many reasons. But that repetitive stress has caused the area to become inflamed and possibly developing micro fractures of the bone. The stress reaction is the reaction of the bone to those stresses. It doesn't show an actual fracture, but it doesn't mean that it couldn't happen if he continued to play through it. And it doesn't mean that it might not be there. It might just be microscopic. So he can't see it. So it is concerning. I don't think he'll be on the shelf for long. I think he will be feeling pretty good pretty, pretty quickly. But they're gonna take take it slow. Cause what you don't want to happen is you don't wanna rush them back too soon. You start having pain in that area of the body during the throwing motion, it can throw off the rest of your mechanics, potentially causing you to alter your mechanics and cause injury somewhere else, like your elbow or another part of your shoulder. Because you're gonna to try to you're gonna throw differently because of the discomfort or pain you're having. So you don't wanna rush that back. And DeGrom, I think he's at a stage in his career where he really knows his body very well. And the Mets have always done a good job keeping him from having to do anything major. Um, I think he did have Tommy John several years ago, but he's bounced back remarkably well from that. So, you know, as he's getting a little older here, you don't want to force him back too soon. And that's what you're going to see a lot of across the league. Uh, as you're coming out of spring training now the spring training was cut a little short because of all the labor negotiations that were going on but uh it was good for them to get out there and get at least a few games in and get the somewhat of a normal spring training although shortened uh in because it's really important it's important not because it requires a tremendous amount of conditioning or anything like that but it, it's good because it gives guys a chance to get into a routine which they're comfortable with and they do from year to year to year their bodies are kind of in tune with that calendar schedule and the timing and so you hate to disrupt all that because it does play a toll on people physically and mentally so it's nice that they were able to at least get back on the field and have some sort of a spring training or normal spring training although shortened and i think that that you're not seeing too many, and I think you're going to see less injuries than you would see like in a year where there's no spring training or strike-shortened season, because guys now are kind of back into their routine and they're taking care of themselves like they normally would, and it's a good thing. Um, Max Scherzer was uh, said that they, he had some hamstring tightness, and that's another example of you know you'll see these big guys, the big name guys, they won't they won't push through anything that feels even slightly abnormal, especially in spring training. So he just had some hamstring tightness, and so I think they. Um, canceled one of his starts uh, the other day. I don't think it's anything to worry about. He's a pitcher. Um, You know, just some tightness is is concerning just because you don't want to push through that because that's when injuries happen to the hamstring. And uh, as I've spoken about a lot in the past, hamstring injuries are very difficult to manage and deal with. They take a long time to get better. They're really nagging. So that's definitely something you don't want to mess with and let linger for the rest of the year. Um, I just want to do a shout out to belly up sports media. They've brought me on board as one of their podcasters and I'm excited to be working with them. So you'll see a, a bunch of things going on my social media tweets and posts and reels and all that stuff where I'm shouting, shouting out to them and we got some collaborating things coming up with them and April 29th during round, Two of the draft, I'll be coming on live to MD Fantasy Football Show to talk about uh, some later round draft picks and just kind of give my uh, my point of view on the whole draft process and things like that. He's got like a ton of guests coming on for the for the, all the rounds, so it should be cool. So tune into that. You can find the links to all that stuff uh, as we get closer to that date. Um don't forget we've got some promotional codes for everybody from SeatGeek. If you go to my website, you'll see a promotional code from Manscaped. You'll see promotional codes for Fanatics. So, um a lot more opportunities uh for my listeners coming by way of my partnership with Belly Up Media. So, thank you guys for that. Um You're listening to the Injured List Podcast. As always, everybody, stay safe, stay healthy, stay active, and we'll be seeing you guys soon.